have fellowship with us online as we are a global internet church family meeting together over the internet, lifting up the name of Jesus and worshiping him as our savior and our Lord. Today, I would like for you to take your Bible and begin with me our Bible study in Isaiah chapter 40. And let's take the tithes and offerings today towards the end of the service. Praise the Lord. Isaiah chapter 40. And I want to talk today with the help of the Holy Spirit about a very unique encounter I had with the Lord just a few days ago. Praise God. I want, I want to share this with you. I actually feel in my spirit compelled by the Spirit of God to share this with you. And of course, I know that you're open for anything as long as it's in the Word and it's based upon the Word, and it is. And I believe we need to talk about it today and discuss what the Lord showed me in context with His Word, something that's not ethereal or mystical or a fog in the sky, but something that's real that you can step into by the grace of God. We're going to begin today in Isaiah chapter 40. Heavenly Father, we ask that your Holy Spirit, who is the illuminator of your word, that he would come today and shine the spotlight upon your word and upon our understanding so that we can have eyes and ears to understand it and the grace to apply it. Now, Father, thank you for this quickening work, this energizing work of your spirit. In Jesus' name we pray. And all together around the world we say, Amen. Praise God. Isn't that fascinating about the Holy Spirit that He's able to take something that maybe we've seen many times before, maybe even over a hundred times, yet He comes and He illuminates it, and there's so much life in it that it has that power of God released unto us. Praise the Lord. Well, as you know, over 40 days ago, we began what was called the 40-day prayer challenge. Hallelujah. The prayer challenge was basically this, 40 days straight, you can't miss one day. And uh, in order to complete it, you know, in order to make it to the end officially. So you're not supposed to miss one day. The goal was to get up every morning and pray two hours and 24 minutes. That is a tithe of a 24-hour day. That's 10% of your time you're giving to the Lord to do it 40 days straight without any breaks and to get it all done before 7 o'clock each morning. It, it, it is a challenge, isn't it? And uh, that's why it was called the 40-day prayer challenge. Well, we have completed the 40-day prayer challenge. Uh, if, if you've ever discovered this while fasting, that sometimes when you're on the fast, you enjoy your time with the Lord, but it's after the fast is completed. Sometimes that the message that you're seeking comes, the answer that you would need from God comes after the period of consecration has been carried out. Well, the Lord allowed me to have a very unique experience with him on day 41. Uh, because, you know, I, I'll be honest, I started a few days before you did. So my 40 days were up a few days before the corporate 40-day prayer challenge was complete. But I, I just kept on uh, praying those other, other days with you as well. But the Lord spoke to me on day 41. Isn't that interesting? Isn't that interesting? You know, I think in, in, in the middle of a consecration, whether it's a fast uh, and, and the fast can be very broad, whether you're just 
you know, uh, eliminating breakfast and lunch, maybe eating one meal a day, whether it's a more of a prayer commitment or whatever type of commitment it is, there's a part sometimes when you're in it, you, you think your mind thinks, does God, does God actually notice this? Does God even see that I'm endeavoring to draw near? And there, there can be moments when there's no feeling. There can be moments when there's no tangible presence. And you think in your natural mind, does God even know that I'm trying to reach out to him? But yet my friends, God knows every detail of your life, all the hairs of your head. He's got numbered and he knows what you had for breakfast. He knows what you had for breakfast 40 years ago on this day. Okay. Or 20 years ago, whatever the case might be corresponding to your age, God knows everything about you. There's nothing that you do or even think that he is not aware of. Praise the Lord. Mm-mm. He knows your very thoughts. Woo. I remember one day years back sitting in my house, I had been in prayer for several hours, just spending time with God. I had the most unusual thought. It was winter time, no leaves on the trees. And I was at the house by myself, had been in prayer for a couple of hours. And I just had the most unusual thought. I thought I would just, I just had an impulse. I'd like to go to my garage get up out of my prayer time, go to my garage and get an ax and go outside and chop a tree down. Now we lived on three acres at that time. And there are plenty of trees, big trees, small trees. I don't know why I had a feeling like that. I just thought I'm going to go to the garage. I'm going to get that sharp double bladed ax and I'm going to go out. I'm going to cut a tree down. I just feel like cutting a, a tree down. What a strange thought. I haven't, I mean, it's not like that strikes me every day. I mean, maybe (laughs) once in 20 years, right? Uh, You know, so I had this unusual thought and I felt suddenly like the Lord wanted to speak to me. I thought, well, Lord, before I go to the garage and chop a tree down and get my ax, let me just see what it is you're wanting to say. So I took my Bible, excuse me, my Bible. I just randomly opened and just kind of tossed it down. And when it did, it just randomly opened to whatever page it fell on. And a scripture seemed to lift off off the page as the Holy Spirit, it, uh, the Holy Spirit highlighted almost like a 3D hologram, and it said, "He who would go out with an axe and chop down a tree." <laughs> I said, "Oh God!" I said, "God, you're so close. You know even my thoughts. He knows everything you do." And if you ever make a commitment to him, a consecration, Lord, I'm going to do this. I'm going to fast for 21 days. Lord, I'm going to pray for 40 days, and I'm going to try to do this uninterrupted. Don't think, don't think in your wildest imaginations that he doesn't hear that, doesn't know that, and also doesn't, doesn't see your efforts, praise God. And most importantly, if he sees that you complete it, woo, there's a blessing. Yes, there is. Pastor Stephen, what if I didn't complete it? Well, if you feel challenged, go for it again. Pastor Stephen, I've tried to do a 21-day fast. I quit on day three. Well, it's not like you ran out of days. Tomorrow is a new day. But any time you commit to something, even if it's just one day, Lord, I'm going to fast for one day. Give it your best. Pastor Stephen, I didn't make it. Tomorrow's a new day. You could try to fast for another day. You know, there's always new boundaries. There's always new areas of God that you can explore. His mercies are new every day. Praise God. You know, the Lord spoke to me on day 41. 
uh, after the 40 day prayer challenge was complete. And, uh, let me, let me share with you what he showed me, but first let me give you a scriptural basis for it. This is actually the scriptural basis that we used going into the 40 day prayer challenge. This is what I told you God would do. If you completed that 40 day prayer challenge, verse three, Isaiah 40, the voice of one crying in the wilderness, prepare the way of the Lord, make straight in the desert, a highway for our God. See, this is the coming of the King. Oh yes, pastor Stephen, the second coming of Jesus. This is, we're not talking prophetically about the second coming. There will be a literal second coming of the Messiah, but this is him coming into your heart, doing a work in, in your heart in your life now in this season of your life. Okay. And this is what, this is what God was wanting to do. The spirit of God wanting to do to get you ready for something. Every valley shall be exalted. See every low place in your life filled, lifted up. That's what takes place over the 40 day prayer challenge. You know, one lady told me that she had uncontrollable, unstoppable flow of mucus that had never been healed. And I just got her email during this 40 days of, of prayer. It's completely gone. The mucus is completely dried up and gone. Praise God. I've received other uh, uh, emails of people that have just had, really, I don't want to overplay it, but in a sense, like dramatic, dramatic change in their life by having sought the Lord. People have told me, Pastor Stephen, I've never sought the Lord like this before. And this is so glorious. I don't think I ever want to stop. Ah, that's the whole purpose. Amen. You seek and then you begin to taste and you see that he's good. And you're like, why would I eat anything else? Why, why would I taste the glory of God and then say, well, I think that was nice, but I'll, you know, back to the world I go. Oh no, my friends, it's an introduction into the glory. Hallelujah. Every valley shall be exalted and every mountain and hill brought low. The arrogance, the prideful thoughts brought low. The crooked places shall be made straight. Hallelujah. The Lord wants us to deal straight and honest with people and the rough places smooth. Watch that rough crude language. Pastor Stephen, I got a right to give them a piece of my mind. Not that piece. Praise God. Let's let the rough places be made smooth. Praise God. Oh, I know people can shoot some, some nasty barbs, some sharp arrows, but that doesn't mean that we have to retaliate in response with something that's equally venomous or, or hurtful. No, praise God. You know what? If you're going to walk in the hundredfold blessing, you just have to get used to the fact that not everybody thinks that's wonderful. <laughs> Jesus said there will be persecution, not might, not, you know, uh, we'll find a way around it. No, that if you want to walk in the hundredfold blessing, there will be persecution. Jesus said, they hated me without a cause. And th- th- you're talking about people that are bringing persecution uh, when you're not even giving them ammunition for why they should do it. It's just, it's just the way it is. Why? In a sense, because there's the devil. There's the devil endeavoring to work through people who will yield their mind to him and their thought life to him, even sadly, sometimes Christians who will do things that would even hurt the own body of Christ to which they belong. But my friends, let us walk with a smooth mouth. Hallelujah. Never getting over in the flesh and then later regretting something that was very, very uh, out of context for Christian character. Praise God. Now, 
We talked about verse 4, that this is the work of the Holy Spirit, the, the filling, the lowering, the straightening, the smoothing, to bring us into verse 5, the glory of the Lord shall be revealed. And so I had shared with you that if you completed the 40 days, according to the, the challenge that the Holy Spirit had me place before you, there would be the glory of the Lord revealed to you in some form, some measure, as I expressed also that I wasn't sure how he would do it. God's got a million ways to show you his glory. That's up to the Lord to do. But my friends, he would reveal his glory. The glory of the Lord shall be revealed. Well, why? Because of the, the, the leveling of the valley, the bringing down of the mountains, the, the, the allowance of God to work in your life and to deal with things that need to be dealt with, not swept underneath the rug. After all, if you're going to spend the tithe with the Lord in prayer, you have a lot of time for the Lord to go deep in you and in me. Hallelujah. That's what's glorious about God. You can't hide. The very thing that you wouldn't want to talk about, I can guarantee you is the very thing he'll go directly to the first time. So you either let God deal with it and you either talk about it or else you sit on a couch for a long time with nothing going on. <laughs> because when God wants to work and talk and speak, you either flow with him or it sure is quiet. Woo, praise God. But my friends, that's what's glorious when we yield and allow God to work and to make us more into the image of his son, the Lord Jesus Christ. Then the result of that will be the revealing of the glory of the Lord and, and all flesh shall see it together for the mouth of the Lord has spoken. So there is a, a glory reward attached to anybody that goes through the consecration of verse three and four and yielding to primarily an internal work of the Holy Spirit. Praise God. Well, after 40 days uh, of the prayer challenge and it was complete and you know, that's what's so wonderful about doing these things corporately. I don't want to miss a day because I know you're trying so hard. You don't want to miss a day because you've got brothers and sisters in other states and in other nations that are also endeavoring to step into this walk with the Lord for 40 days. So it encourages all of us. So on day 41, I woke up, still got up early to pray. And at the, at the end of the prayer time, I was taken to a place in the glory that was a place of such light and such brilliance that it was a room in heaven I'd never been into before. I was taken into this room and I was shown some things about the financial glory that God wants to bring his people into. Check this out. To get into this place of financial glory. You don't need any money. Woo! Pastor Stephen, I know that room must, must be for rich people only. Well, everybody in this room was wealthy, but you don't need any money to get into it. Oh, now somebody needs to say, thank God. That way I, I'm not disqualified right off the bat, right? Oh, hallelujah. Glory to God. All right. Let me show you the, uh, the context of this room. Isaiah 48, 17. Please take your Bible. Look at this scripture. Let the Holy Spirit burn this like a laser into your spirit so that you actually have this, this verse. Now remember this verse, of course, is God's word. Let this word be emblazoned within your spirit, something that you'll never forget. 
Hallelujah. Isaiah 48, verse 17. Thus says the Lord, your Redeemer, the Holy One of Israel. I am the Lord, your God, who teaches you to profit. Did you ever stop to think you don't need God to teach you how to be poor? God, I want to do a 40 day fast. And on this fast, I'm pleading with you, teach me how do I go into poverty? Lord, I don't know how to do it. Teach me how to become so poor that I can't pay a single bill. Do you look, you don't need any help to be poor. You don't need to be smart to be poor. You don't need to sit down with an advisor to learn to be poor. You don't need any help to go down that path. You need help to go up. Praise God. God has the ability to teach you to profit, but he won't teach you if you don't have an interest in learning. Mm. Pastor Stephen, I'm making good money. I don't need God to teach me nothing. Well, in the eyes of God, what's good money? I mean, we all have a different context, right, of what good money is. If, if a person has no special skills training, maybe doesn't have academic training, then maybe if the minimum wage is $9, they're thrilled to make 14 So for them, 14 15 17 that's good money. And I'm not saying that it's not. You have others in other brackets that maybe they graduated from the top of their class and went on to a prestigious university and continued their education and uh, graduated from there at the top of their class and they've developed their mind and now they're in the six figures and they think, I'm doing really good. And I'm not saying that that's not good. But from God's perspective, what's good? Hallelujah. Uh, is, is what you think glorious, is that what God thinks glorious is? Remember, his thoughts are higher than our thoughts. Pastor Stephen, if I could just buy that pair of fancy shoes in that department store, you'd never hear another complaint from me. I'd be happy. If I could just buy those shoes, boy, I'd never want to make another dime in my life except pay my bills. I'd be the happiest man around. This, this is not what we're talking about. God wants to teach you to profit. And if you allow him to teach you, buying the shoes is not a strain. God got to teach you how to own the shoe store. Do you, do you see what I'm saying? Pastor Stephen, if I could just get that luxury purse. It's so pretty. It's got rhinestones on the outside of it. And it just, just makes my heart that I can't buy it. This is not what we're talking about. The Lord teaching you the prophet is way beyond buying the rhinestone purse. Oh, God, God doesn't mind if you buy the purse. But God, God, God teach you how to have your own, your own industry of, of goods. Where you have your own product, your own, your own brand. You have your own store. You have your own corporation. You have your own business. But if you will not humble yourself, ah... Is that not the key to Isaiah 48, 17? I don't need God to teach me nothing, Pastor Stephen. Oh, well, don't, don't, don't trouble. Don't be troubled about it. He, he won't bother you one bit. If you think that you know everything and you think you know more than even God knows, he won't trouble you one bit about teaching you anything about money. Pastor Stephen, I'm a multimillionaire. I don't need God's help. What's a multimillionaire to God? That's peanuts to God. 
<laughs> Woo! So it doesn't matter what strata you're, you're on, what economic level you're at, God can take you into dimensions that are totally beyond where you're at. Glory. Glory to God. Hallelujah. And he wants to. He really does want to teach you how to profit. But there has to be humility. Really, there is a sense where you come before the Lord. And you say, Lord, teach me. I know some, but I know so little compared to what you know, because you know everything. Lord, I have some wisdom, but your wisdom is above all. There's nobody wiser than you. Lord, teach me. By the way, by the way, when you're sitting with the Lord in these times of early morning prayer, waiting on the Lord for extended periods of time, praying and, you know, covering your bases, praying for the things you need to pray for, praying for your president, praying for the nation, praying for revival, praying for, you know, all kinds of good stuff. There's always still time just for fellowship with the Lord. And you can just put that out there. Hey, Lord, very interesting thing you said in Isaiah 48, 17. Um, hey, I'd like to be in on that. I would like for you to teach me how to profit. And Lord, I admit there's a lot more I can learn. Lord, I admit that within your mind, you have all wisdom. Lord, you know what stock's going to go up before it ever goes up. You know which direction the market will move before it ever moves. Lord, you know what the Forex is going to do before the currencies are ever even uh, starting to tingle in, in the direction that they'll flow. Lord, you know everything. Lord, I don't know those things. Lord, teach me to profit. Lord, what's cold today that'll be hot tomorrow that I can buy while it's still cold? Lord, what real estate has no value that in one year they'll fight over and will be worth a much greater amount. Lord, help me. Lord, I don't know these things. Lord, there's things that even supercomputers don't know. Even big corporations that literally invest millions. And I'm not, I'm not saying that lightly. I'm talking mil tens of millions. I know I've t talked to a software architect. That's all he and his team does is create software architect that will tell a group of men and women where the direction of this particular market is going before it ever gets there. That's by the way, that's what you're up against in your own natural ability. You're up against some sharp cookies, but there ain't nobody sharper than God there. God already knows what's going to happen tomorrow. He has all wisdom. If you'll just say, God teach me there, there is so much that I don't know. And you know, everything and all, Lord, all you have to do is tell me one thing. One thing. Oh, hallelujah. I am the Lord, your God, who teaches you to profit, who leads you by the way you should go. There's a way you should go. And you don't know what it is. He does. And if you'll listen to him, he'll take you there. But if you think you can do it all on your own, God, stand back. I've got this. I don't need your help on this. Woo. He'll let you go your own way. Even if you're going into total, a total mess, he loves you. He will try to warn you. He'll try to help you. He will even send people into your life that will try to say, Hey, are you sure? Uh, or, you know, but my goodness, if you, if you're determined to do your own thing, even to go your own way, he'll let you go. He will give you free choice. He absolutely does. That, that is an amazing thing. 
and a little bit of a scary thing, but not, not, not scary in a negative way. It's just that we need to lean on him. We need to acknowledge, Hey God, we need your help. Lord Jesus, we really do need your help. So Lord, teach us the prophet, lead us by the way that we should go. Lord, I don't know what to do, but you do help me, lead me through the inner witness, lead me, guide me through the gifts of your spirit. Oh God, help me. I'm open. Help me in this area. Wow. On day 41, after the 40 day time of the prayer challenge was complete, and I completed that with many of you, um, on day 41, at the end of my prayer time, the Lord took me into heaven and into a room, and I met people that are Christians, of course, because this was in heaven. I was taken up by, in my spirit to heaven, and I met Christians from around the world who have tapped in to Isaiah 48, 17. And I also even saw the faces of those who are going to tap into this and who are already going that direction. And I saw, I saw them in the future. Wow. Let me say this, that in this room were some of the happiest people I've ever seen in my life. There was so much light. Now remember, remember knowledge is light knowledge is illumination. Knowledge is knowing what to do. This room in heaven was flooded with so much light. Now we know also in heaven, there is no darkness. There's not even a shadow, but this room was saturated with ultralight. I mean, it was so bright and I'm talking white, brilliant light, but it didn't hurt your eyes. There was so much revelation in this room. These were people that had smiles. Everybody was smiling. I'm believing I'm believing that you're destined to stand in that room. This was a place where people had tapped into Isaiah 48, 17. There, there were those in that room that God, now I'm saying this in the future sense, there were those in that room that God had made billionaires, multi-billionaires. There were those in that room who had risen from places of obscurity to come into hundreds of millions of dollars of wealth through entering in this gate of Isaiah 48, 17. The Lord told me that in this room that in order to come into this, you don't need money. You need obedience. You need humility and you need faith. And the Lord told me that the people in this room had prayed their way into this place and they had sowed their way into this place. And then he began to give me some very unusual examples. He began to turn the light on in this bright glory illuminated room. The Lord said, do you remember the man that you sat in his vehicle? And he told you how within one month, within just a few days, within one month, he made, he made $4 million. I said, yes, Lord, I remember the businessman, the Christian spirit filled businessman who had done that. I really like this testimony. I mean, that's pretty good. $4 million in one month. Now you'll always have people that says that's no big deal. Uh, you know, they, they've never made more than a thousand dollars a day and they somehow have an idea that this, this stuff is like floating around everywhere. You and I both know it's not. These are, <clears throat> these are special experiences. The, the reason I've prayed about sharing this with you is because this is not just a revelation. Oh, Pastor Stephen had an experience. No, this was sacred. 
This was like sacred, holy stuff. And we're moving into an area of holiness, the glory of God, the fear of the Lord. This is sacred ground. And the Holy Spirit reminded me of that Christian spirit-filled businessman who made $4 million in less than one month. I said, Lord, that story always blessed me. And I, I, I think it also blessed me because that man was a good man. And at the same time, a little rough around the edges, it surprised me that you would speak to him and that you told him exactly what to do in such detail. I'm like, Lord, why would you speak to him and, and share such a thing? Cause God told him exactly what to do. And that's the thing. When I was sitting in the vehicle with him, he said, Stephen, he said, God told me to do this. I did it. Then he told me to do that. I did that. And by the end of the month, in one month, I'd made, I'd made $4 million. Wow. And I think the surprising thing to me was not so much that he made $4 million. The surprising thing was that God was talking to him. So, you know, you, you ponder things like that, but you just continue on in your journey in life. Well, when I was in heaven, the Lord said, he said, why did I speak to him like that and tell him that? I thought that's something that I've always wondered about. He said, because of the seed he sowed. And then he told me about this, the, the tremendous seed that he has sowed of making a major land donation into a ministry so that a ministry could build a church and a missions uh, development center on that land. And he said, that's why I spoke to him. That's why he made $4 million in one month because of the seed that he sowed. So the people in this room that I saw people that tapped into Isaiah 48, 17 were people that prayed their way into it and sowed their way into it. Glory to God. You know, I was thinking about the story that uh, the old time evangelist R.W. Schambach told, and he's, he's gone on to be with the Lord. He's in heaven. I've been in Brother Schambach's meetings before, uh, a great man of God, real evangelist. And, you know, he told the crazy story about, about the man that was in one of his meetings and Brother Schambach's trying to raise money to start a church because so many people are getting saved. Uh, this is a like unchurched area. There is no church. So he said, well, I've got to buy the land and buy a building. So he said, I'm raising money to buy a church building and the land. And so I'm taking up an offering. And a man came up to me after the meeting and said, said Reverend Schambach, uh, God told me that if I give you $500. Now this $500, he had been saving for a pickup truck. And he could only save $500. But the thing is, you and I both know this, is that that might not sound like a, a lot, but when it's your $500 and that's, you've worked and you save, that does mean a lot to you. It's even a, it's like an extension of who you are. But he said, he said, Brother Shambach, God told me that if I give this $500 to you for this offering, for the building of a church, God told me he'd give me a new pickup truck. Brother Shambach said, he said, brother, you better get that money in fast. He said, you can't buy a brand new pickup truck anywhere for $500. So the man put the $500 into the offering and he came back. I think it was only, if I remember the story correctly, only like two nights later, he came back into the meeting and he had an envelope that had 26 $100 bills in it. And he gave Brother Shambach the envelope and Shambach said, well, no, there's a story here. What happened? And this man said, he said, you know, I gave you that, uh, that money and I, I got, I left that night and I was driving in my old, my old pickup truck. Now he has an old junkie, 
wore out truck. He has just sowed a seed of $500 for a new truck because God told him to do it. God actually told him, you give this seed, I'll give you a new pickup truck. So he said he's driving that pickup truck, that old junky one that he has. And God said by the Holy Spirit, pull over on the side of the road. So he pulls over on the side of the road and the Holy Spirit says, get out, open up the hood and check by the carburetor, check by the carburetor. And this man said, he said, God, am I losing my mind? Uh, so he, uh, you know, he pulls over and lifts up the hood and looks at the carburetor, doesn't see anything uh, and gets back in the truck and, uh, you know, closes the hood, gets back in the truck, keeps driving down the road. He said, God, I hope I'm not losing my mind. And the Holy Spirit said, I told you pull over, pull over to the side of the road, lift up the hood and check the carburetor. He said, all right. And he pulls over the side of the road starts checking the, looking at the carburetor, doesn't see anything. And the Holy Spirit said, check with your hand. And he puts his hand then there and, uh, and starts feeling around and feels, you know, it's greasy and oily and stuff like that. But he said he felt something there like a metallic device that it's not a part of a carburetor. And he didn't know what it was. And the Holy Spirit said, that's it. Break it off. And he broke it off. And he, it was like a cylinder, like a round cylinder. And he opened it up. And inside of it was $26,000 cash, all in $100 bills. Woo! Isn't that wild? And so he had taken the tithe, given the tithe to Brother Shambach also, and with the remaining part, went out and bought a brand new pickup truck. So when I was in heaven, uh, the Holy Spirit was explaining things to me. I mean, the Lord was just talking to me with revelation about, about the reason people come into very unusual realms of money miracles. We would even call it financial glory. You pray your way into it and you sow your way into it. And that man sowed something very, very sacred to come into such a powerful miracle. So much of the blessing of the Lord depends on hearing what God would say and then doing what he said, even if it seems silly. And, you know, I had the privilege of, of sitting down and spending time for, for several days with Apostle Moses Cho, a man who has started over 3,000 churches in China. At one point, he was on the top five most wanted list in China because of his, uh, because of his, uh, you know, starting all these churches and the government was really after him. He told me some wild escape score stories he had had, but this man was very, very wealthy and, uh, God would just show him how to, to create wealth and how to do certain things. He had all these different businesses, even businesses in other countries. And he would use this money, uh, for the, for the, uh, strength, the empowerment to preach the gospel and to help start churches. And, you know, his right hand assistant told me that there are times that God would speak to brother Moses and he would say, this is what we're going to do with the finances. And the assistant said that the leadership would all think this is the craziest idea. Don't do this. You're going to lose all your money but he would do it and it would just release another entire wave of financial blessing. Why would he do that? Cause that's what God told him to do. Wow. And money miracle after money miracle would take place. I am the Lord, your God who teaches you to profit, who leads you by the way you should go.
God wants to teach you. God wants to lead you in this area of profiting. He wants to take you into a new dimension of walking with the spirit and experiencing financial glory. Praise God. Now, very quickly, I would like to read a few verses from Job chapter 28. Now, of course, Job was a heavy hitter financially, very, very wealthy. He had what perhaps we would call the largest dealership, the the largest vehicle dealership in the nation. And uh, I mean, thousands and thousands of camels. That's, that was the high level method of transportation back in those days. And he is dealing in this area all over the Middle East. And he had a, he had a huge, as we would say, dealership. And so let's take a look just for a moment at something very significant about Job and the wealth that he walked in because he followed the teaching of God and the path that God had for him. Job 28 verse one, surely there is a mine for silver and a place for gold where they refine it. Iron is taken out of the earth and copper is smelted from the stone ore. Man sets an end to darkness and he searches out the farthest bounds for the ore buried in gloom and deep darkness. Men break open shafts away from where people sojourn in places forgotten by human foot and descend into them hanging afar from men. They swing to, they swing or flit to and fro. As for the earth, out of it comes bread, but underneath its surface, down deep in the mine, there is blasting, turning it up as by fire. Its stones are the bed of sapphires. It holds dust of gold. That path no bird of prey knows, and the falcon's eye has not seen it. The proud beast and their young have not trodden it, nor has the fierce lion passed over it. Man puts forth his hand upon the flinty rock. He overturns the mountains by the roots. And if you look at many of the uh, mining exploration expeditions of mining companies, whether they're mining for copper or ore, uh, iron, whether they're getting uh, aluminum out of the earth or whether they're getting gold out of the earth, in many ways they are upending mountains. They're moving mountains so that they can take that soil, uh, wash it, uh, filter it, and then extract from it these precious metals that can be used in manufacturing, fabrication, or even things like gold or platinum that can be used in many other devices. But they'll move entire mountains out of the way to do it. Verse 10, he cuts out channels and passages among the rocks, and his eye sees every precious thing. Man binds the streams so that they do not trickle into the mind, and the thing that is hidden he brings forth to light. Verse 12, but where shall wisdom be found? And where is the place of understanding? That that really is the key, because even if you're going to search for these precious resources and you're willing to move mountains, you're willing to dig miles down to find out where the oil is at or where the gold is at. The question is, though, the wisdom is, where is it at? Because even if you have the, the money, the ability to to uh, extract it, the key is, where is it? Because you can spend $100 million and drill what they call in an oil industry, a dry well. And you can look down that hole and you can think, wow, we just spent $100 million on that. That's not going to go over well with the investors. But 
You know, the thing is, what is the wisdom of God? Because with, with the wisdom of God, there is no dry well. God knows exactly where it's at. And if you can tap in to this wisdom that men so desire to have, mm, you can tap into wealth. You can tap into financial glory. If you could just know where it's at, what's the next hot thing? Where is it going to go to next? God already knows. He knows all of it. He sure would like to tell his people. Wow. Glory to God. You can pray your way into it and you can give your way into it. Praise the Lord. Where shall wisdom be found? Now, this is a different level of wisdom. This is a very high level wisdom that comes from God himself. Praise God. How do we get the oil out of the rock? God gave the wisdom to somebody. It's called fracking. Oh, we can fracture the rock and the oil will seep out of the rock into these channels and then we can pump it out. We can heat it up and pump it out. Ah, now we can get oil out of areas where the oil is not in a liquefied state. The knowledge of God, the light of God, the revelation of God. Mm, Praise the Lord. Let's continue on. Man knows the price of it neither is it found, excuse me, man knows not the price of it. That would be the wisdom of God. Neither is it found in the land of the living. The deep says wisdom is not in me. And the sea says it is not with me. It cannot be gotten for gold. Neither shall silver be weighed for the price of it. It cannot be valued in terms of the gold of Ophir and the precious onyx or beryl or the sapphire gold and glass cannot equal wisdom, nor can it be exchanged for jewels or vessels or fine gold. Even glass back in ancient days had tremendous value. The Egyptians put such a premium on glass that the Pharaoh oftentimes would put to death the master glass makers uh, at certain points because he did not want the technology or the knowledge of how glass is created to to be released out into the knowledge of common man. And many times those that are on the inside, uh, like Pharaoh, who have knowledge that they don't want others to get, they they will do things like that to hold it back from others to get it. Uh, But see, God wants to give it to the children of light, not the children of darkness. By the way, you've noticed that the knowledge of glass has been released to many, but there's still, uh, even in the glass industry, there's still glass technology that can be very, very advanced. When Steve Jobs with with the company Apple decided, I don't want my new iPhone to have a plastic cover. I want to do something that's never been done before. I want it to be glass. Who did he contact? He, He contacted the only company on the face of the earth that had the technology to make a phone cover made out of glass. And that was the Corning Glass Company in Corning, New York. And he said, I want my phone cover not to be plastic. I want it to be something revolutionary. I want it to be glass. Can you do it? They said, yes, we have the technology to do it. And it was actually technology that their scientists had developed and discovered decades earlier, but they didn't have any use for it. So they, they, in a sense, set that technology on the shelf until there came a time when there would be a need for it. That, that's why it's a company that, that has been in business for over a hundred years. 
is timing for everything but there's new technology for glass and uh, oh we could just go on and on with these types of things but th- this is wisdom this is wisdom that God gives to men this very high level wisdom praise God no mention shall be made of coral of, or of crystal for the possession of wisdom is even above rubies or pearls the topaz of Ethiopia cannot compare with it nor can it be valued in pure gold from where then does wisdom come and where is the place of understanding? How can we tap into this level of high wisdom? Verse 21, it is hidden from the eyes of all living, and knowledge of it is withheld from the birds of the heavens. Abaddon, the place of destruction and death, say, we have only heard the report of it with our ears. God understands the way to wisdom, and he knows the place of it, wisdom, which is with God alone. For he looks to the ends of the earth and sees everything under the heavens. When he gave to the wind weight or pressure and allotted the waters by measure, when he made a decree for the rain and a way for the lightning of the thunder, then he saw wisdom and declared it. He established it, yes, and searched it out for his own use, and he alone possesses it. Verse 28, but to man he said, behold, the fear of the Lord, that is wisdom, and depart from evil is understanding. So there's an element where you say, God, I'm going to walk with you. I don't want anything to do with sin or evil. I want to serve you. I want to live for you. I want to walk with you. Even the technology to create satellites and put those satellites in space and NASA uh, developing satellites, many of the originators of these satellites the technology came through spirit-filled Christians who were on those teams, who were on those scientific teams, who were getting information from God. This is how we can do this. This is how we can develop this and so forth. And if God cannot find a Christian who will yield to his thoughts, to receiving his thoughts, he will take the technology and he will give it even to an unbeliever. Yes, he will. Because he's going to move his plan forward. But my friends, if you're willing to say, God, teach me, lead me in this path that you want me to go, God can give you an idea. God can, God can show you this is the path. This is it. Now, the path is different for everybody. Whether the path is real estate, whether the fact is manufacturing, whether the fact is medical industry, whether the fact is the stock market, whether the path is trading in Forex, it doesn't matter if you will get plugged into the Lord and pray. God will begin to show you what that path is. That light of God will illuminate the path and you start to walk and you start to walk and you begin to tap into the wisdom of God. Can I, can I show you in a condensed version what the wisdom of God is and the people that I met in that vision that were in the Isaiah 48, 17 room where there was so much light and revelation flowing and these people were walking in it and in realms of financial glory that really have been reserved in these last days for the saints to walk in. And people are now beginning to come into this room. You can find a core principle of this all the way back in Genesis chapter 8. Very quickly, Genesis chapter 8. I want to show this 
to you and I want to pray for you praise God Genesis chapter 8 because I believe that God's going to take you into that room he's going to show you a path he's going to show you what to do hallelujah remember A.A. Allen the great evangelist who operated in a very high level of the gift known as working of miracles and you know R.W. Schambach was his song leader his worship leader his assistant before Brother Shambach ever went out into his own ministry. And Brother Shambach was asked, what was the greatest miracle that you ever saw in the ministry of A.A. A. Allen? And Brother Shambach and others that knew him said, oh, that's easy. That was the healing of the young child who had been diagnosed with 26 incurable medical diseases. And they brought that little child into the meeting with all of these diseases the mother brought him into the into the meeting believing that God would do a miracle and so what was very unusual is that brother Allen came into that service almost in a sense leaping with joy into that service and said God told me that I'm supposed to receive a special offering and so he received the special offering and then after the offering was completed, he went into a vision and said, I see a child. I see doctors standing all around the child. This is in a hospital room. The child has all kinds of problems. The child has six diseases. No, eight diseases. No, 12 diseases. No, 14 diseases. No, no. The child has 26 medically diagnosed uncurable diseases the child is in the meeting bring the child forward now and God will heal the child wow that lady comes forward with that child the tongue hanging out no eyeballs bones twisted all out of place a body rat with with pain and misery and the mother brings the child and gives the child to Brother Allen. And Brother A.A. A. Allen says, everybody close your eyes. I'm going to pray for this child. And Brother Shambach later said, he was sitting over on the side. He said, I ain't about to close my eyes. I'm not going to miss this. I'm going to watch exactly what God is going to do. And he said that as Brother A.A. A. Allen laid hands on the child and prayed for him, the first thing that happened was that that, that little child's tongue that had been hanging out its entire life snapped like a rubber band back into its mouth and then in the area where the eye sockets were at where there were no eyeballs at all it seemed like pools began to swirl and form and brother Shambach said I was watching and I couldn't tell if it was going to be blue eyes or brown eyes because colors were mixing and then eyeballs formed and the child had brand, uh, had brand new brown eyes and then you could hear bones snap and pop as God began to straighten out every part of that child's body and all 26 incurable medical diseases were healed instantly right at that moment the child was given back to the mother and I tell you what it, it was stunning it was so powerful such faith exploded in the meeting that everybody that was in the wheelchair stood up and everybody walked out of their wheelchairs 
Oxygen tanks were thrown down. Everybody on crutches threw their crutches down. It was an explosion of glory of God's miracle healing power that went through that whole crowd of 4,000 people. Glory to God. Incredible, incredible glory. Hallelujah. Um, but there is more to the story. The mother of the child talked to Brother Shambach and said, Brother Shambach, this was, this was afterwards. She said, I took my, my little boy back to the doctors. They don't want to give him back. They are stunned by what happened. They've never seen anything like it. They, they, they wrote affidavits saying this is a miracle. They, they were just stunned. They were all doctors that had examined him, diagnosed him, and were helpless to, to do anything. Uh, and, and so they were stunned. But she said they were amazed at what God did. But she said there was also something else that I need to let you know that you can tell Brother A.A. A. Allen that, that in a sense that others didn't know. When A.A. A. Allen came out and said, God told me to take an offering, she said, all I had was $50. Uh, like 40 of the dollars was already supposed to go to the, one of the doctors, and then the other $10 would be all that I had to, got, would, to drive back on and to have food and to have money for gas. She said, I took that $50 and I ran to put it in the offering. And as I did that, the devil was screaming at me, don't do that. 40 of that belongs to the doctor and the other you'll need it for gas and you'll, you'll need it uh, for food. And she said, I ran faster and the faster I ran, the louder the devil was talking with his thoughts. And she said, I ran and I gave it. She was the first one that give an offering. It was everything she had. Wow. She said, after the child, my child was healed. People came to see my child this is just right after Brother Allen had prayed for him, and they came just to see and marvel. And she said, a lady just shook my hand. And when she shook my hand, there was a piece of paper uh, in her hand, and other people began to shake my hand, and I, I didn't realize they were giving me money, because I, I was penniless. And she said, God not only healed my child, and did this, these uh, of 26 incurable diseases, but I, I was left with several hundred dollars that were given to me because I had nothing. I gave it all in the offering. Mm, praise the Lord. Please go, go, go with me to Genesis 8, 22. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. So you see behind the scenes of great miracles, there can be deep sacrificial giving. I know what it is to have given everything because I was the person that was homeless, living in a cardboard box, and had been homeless for a long time. But I saved four $1 bills, and I never spent them. I never bought food with it. I always thought if I'm about to die and starve, at least I can extend it a little bit longer by buying one last meal somewhere, preferably probably at McDonald's, <laughs> because food's so cheap at McDonald's. With the, uh, you know, you, could, you can get a, you get a cheeseburger for 99 cents, at least back then you could. So I never spent that money, but I gave that offering in, in a, uh, in a home church meeting that I went to and I went homeless. I, I went back to my cardboard box, having gave my last four, my last $4. And the devil said, you fool. He said, you at least could have had one good meal before you died. He said, now you're going to starve to death. I said, devil, if I starve to death, 
I'll starve the I'll starve to death in the will of God. But something tells me I'm not going to starve anymore. I believe God's going to deliver me and get me out of that box. Look, I know what it is to give sacrificially. And I've done it more than just once. I've done it when things have been on the line, when I felt the devil breathing about down my neck, and he says, what are you going to do now? I'll tell you what I'm going to do now, devil. I'm going to give an offering. That's exactly what I'm going to do. And I'm going to praise the Lord. I'm going to praise the Lord. Sometimes you may even be in a place, you can't even give an offering. You're so depleted. But you can give God a, a sacrifice of praise, and you can jump up and say, God, though I might be in this trial and this place of such leanness and then this place of such need, I'm going to praise you right in the middle of it. Hallelujah. Get up and just start dancing right where you're at. You might be in that place like that. And you need to learn, you need to learn to give the Lord your best, whatever it is, whether it's a financial offering, whether it's a praise offering. Look at Genesis chapter eight, verse 22. Here's the wisdom of God that confounds the so-called wisdom of the world which is self-preservation. Take care of yourself. Don't worry about anybody else. You look out for number one. Here's God's wisdom. Here's God's wisdom. Verse 22, while the earth remains, seed time and harvest, cold and heat, winter and summer and day and night shall not cease. So while the earth remains, and it's still here, if you woke up this morning and you're still on planet earth and it's still here, and by the way, the earth will always be here. I know that some some scientists think that the earth will eventually uh, implode or, or explode or be destroyed because of man's, uh, you know, problems with nuclear weapons and all of that. The earth will always be here. It's not going anywhere. Praise the Lord. But while it's here, seed time and harvest shall not cease. So you can pray your way and sow your way into the financial glory glory to God. And you can give something that means so much to you. And you could say, God, I'm giving this because I want you to take me into financial glory. I can't get there. I'm not smart enough. I know there's others out there, Lord, that think they can, but Lord, I can't. I, I, I need your help. No, I believe you can take me there, but I can't get there on my own. I can't do it. I can't do it. And I, I realize I can't. Lord, take me there though. I give you my best. Lord, I'm getting up early. I'm praying. Teach me. Teach me. Lord, I'm sowing. Take me into Isaiah 48, 17. You can get there through the principles of seed time and harvest. He can take you there. He can do something for you that you can never do for yourself. Praise the Lord. You know, I know that one of the anointed teachers in the body of Christ in the area of seed time harvest is Dr. Mike Murdoch. I'll never forget the time that I had saved for over a year. How about that? I saved for a year every dollar that came in that I, I, I that would be extra that I could use for the television ministry. And I saved and I saved and I saved at, at the end at the end of one year I had saved $7,000. Now I know that some might think you know, that's not a lot. But for me, I knew it wasn't a lot, but it sure felt like a lot because it's all I had. And I thought, well, Lord, I can't do a lot with this. I could at least buy one good camera or a pretty good camera. But I said, Lord, it's, I just, I can't, what can I do in television with this? What can I do, Lord, with $7,000? I mean, I, how, I, that's not really going to move me. And it was frustrating because I wanted to be able to do something with it, but I knew that it wasn't 
it wasn't near enough of what I would actually need to move forward in television. And I heard the voice of God speak to me while I was pondering about the $7,000 and how I had saved a whole year to get it and it still wasn't enough. And I was pondering about that. And I heard the Holy Spirit speak to me. He said, if what you hold in your hand is not your harvest, it's your seed. I, I was shocked. I actually jumped up and I looked behind the couch that I was sitting in to see if Mike Murdoch has snuck into my couch. And Dr. Mike Murdoch was hiding behind my couch saying, if what you hold in your hand is not your harvest, it must be your seed. Because he said that. He has actually said that before. Well, of course, I knew that Mike Murdoch did not sneak into my house. Although I did turn around and I actually looked behind the couch because he's known for having made that statement. And I said, Holy Spirit, I know that wasn't Mike Murdoch. I know that was you. Although he has said the very same thing. I, by the way, I wonder where he got that statement from. Hallelujah. He got it from God. Praise God. He's a great teacher. My friends, the Holy Spirit can teach you things that are right beneath your nose and you can't see it. And he can help you. He can teach you how to profit. Now, if that doesn't get you excited, uh, I, I don't know what else to, to, to say to you. If making a profit, if winning in finances doesn't get you excited, then, you know, uh, you know, you probably don't want to go into that class of teaching. But wow, can he ever teach? The Holy Spirit can teach you. Woo! He can make you a millionaire in one month. And he can start you and teach you and show you what to do. And you don't even need any money to start out. I know that, that in a sense, from a businessman's perspective or businesswoman, you may think, well, you need money to make money because the more money you have, the more leverage you have. And I, I, I understand all of that. God knows all of that. And you can get to a point where you can use wealth as, as leverage to create more wealth but you don't need it necessarily to start. Absolutely not. He told me in that, in that glory room in heaven, he told me, you don't need money to start. You just need to be obedient. You need to be humble and you need to be willing to pray your way into this and sow your way into this because it's in the praying that he'll do the teaching and it's in the sowing that he'll just take you down that path and show you exactly what to do. Praise the Lord. What is this wisdom of God, Pastor Stephen, that's so mysterious and so deep that, that even the birds of prey, the falcon's eye has not seen it? It's Genesis 8.22. While the earth remains, seed time and harvest will always be around. Praise the Lord. You need to engage in the covenant of seed time and harvest. Praise God. Praise the Lord. If you want to come into this company of believers that will stand in the company of Isaiah 48, 17, with proofs, whoo, I'm talking heavy proofs, no boasting, no, no, like, hey, I, I made more than you know, it's, it's nothing like that. It's humility. It's just like we have the empowerment now to give. We have the empowerment to bless ministry and bless ministers. We have the power now to make an impact with the gospel. Glory to God. Glory to God. And the deep satisfaction that brings of giving 
in the kingdom work. Woo! The deep satisfaction it brings in hearing from God. Wow. Wow. The information that God speaks, which is often what we would call the word of wisdom. Oh, it's wonderful. But also the very element that God loves you so much and trusts you that he actually speaks these things to you. Woo! Make your hair stand on your head. Mm-hmm. Without any jail. Woo! Hallelujah. God wants to teach you to profit. God wants to lead you in the way that you should go. It's a way of peace. It's a way of prosperity. It's a way of happiness with big smiles and joyful hearts. If you want to come into this, lift your hands right now. Father, I pray for everybody that wants to walk the path that the bird of prey would look for, but can't figure out that would like to tap into the wisdom that the world greatly desires, but is excluded from unless you would release it. Father, I pray for your people that would like to come into a realm of being taught how to profit by you, where you are in a place where your streets are made out of solid gold, where your gates are giant pearls, where you rule from a realm of wealth beyond our wildest imaginations. I pray for those that would like to be taught by you, the God of wealth, for the purpose of establishing the covenant. Lord, as their hands are lifted now, bring them into this anointing. Bring them into this through the gate of humility, through the gate of hunger, who will be willing to pray and sow their way into it. Father, we thank you. We thank you. Those that cry out and that would say, Lord, I can't, but you can. Lord, I can never get there, but you can take me there. Lord, you see them right now. Hands uplifted, hearts hungry. Lord, bless them, lock them into this. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 Praise God. So, continue to seek the Lord in prayer. You may even want to commit time, a plan. Lord, I want to give you my best. If, if there's no goal, you'll, you'll just wonder. Jesus said, could you not tarry an hour? If you cannot establish a goal, then you'll, you'll never reach your potential. Set something before you that's realistic, but that will also challenge you. A date, a time, a length, a duration, and go for it. And say, Lord, I'm, I'm committing. Come on, teach me, help me, lead me. Okay, and he will. He'll honor that. He'll always honor consecration. Praise God. Pray your way into it. Sow your way into it. Praise the Lord. Glory to God. He will take you there. He will take you there. Praise the Lord. Glory to God. Let's take communion together. Please grab some unleavened bread and some grape juice. Glory to the Lord. Let's pray in the spirit for a moment. Pastor Stephen, how do I know when I'm coming into the glory? The holiness of God, yes. The fear of the Lord, that deep reverence for God, yes. That just comes over you. And also light, illumination, God talking with clarity 
easy things that you can be instructed, you can hear, that you can do, that you can understand, that you can implement. Father, we thank you. We thank you for this place of light and illumination. Woo! Thank you, Father God. Let the light flow. Let the light flow brighter and brighter. We thank Come up with your thoughts. Come up with your thoughts. Hallelujah. Begin to thank the thoughts of the Lord. You have the mind of Christ. Hallelujah. See yourself soaring with the Lord. See yourself coming into this place with God. He's taking you there. He wants to teach you. He wants to share these things with you. Father, we give you praise. Let's pray in the Spirit just for a moment. Glory. 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 Look for those opportunities by the Spirit. The opportunities to sow and say, that's it. That's it. That's what God's doing. God's on that. I'm in it. And obey. Praise God. Praise the Lord. And pray. Every day you need direction from headquarters every day. This is, this is not like a one-hit wonder. Thanks God. Got a good tip. See you later. No, th- this is a lifestyle. This is a lifestyle so that even after you're blessed, you're stabilized. You're walking with the Lord. You're not going to run off in the world and and say goodbye to the Lord. And no, 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 no. You're locked in all the way. Close walk with the Lord first and foremost as your soul prospers. Hallelujah. That's, That's the key to your financial prosperity, even to your health, the prosperity of your soul. Father, we bless the bread, the juice. We consecrate it. This is now the flesh and blood of Jesus. Hallelujah. Praise God. We thank you, Father, for Isaiah 48, 17. Such an amazing scripture. We dare to believe it. We thank you that you're the teacher. So we've come to learn. We thank you that you're going to teach us and you're going to show us things. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father God. Woo! Thank you, Father, for the body of Jesus. We receive it now. Amen. Let's receive. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Always be an encourager. Build up your brothers and sisters in the Lord because we're connected. We're all in the same body together. We all have different styles, different personalities, different ways of doing things and getting things done, but we're still all one in Christ. Always love, always love your brothers and sisters, even if they don't understand the things that you understand. Still just love them. You might not even be able to share some things with them, but still just love them. Never quarrel with them or argue with them, but just love them. Praise God. And stay focused on what God has called you to do. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. I think that's very important because there will be the, the enemy will try to bait you and pull you into things that will get you off your focus. Don't do that. Praise God. There's so much bait today. There, uh, there's bait on news articles. You're just trying to read the news on the internet. And now here's some silly ad attached. That's, you know, some kind of inappropriate ad, or you're, you're trying to um, do this and there's bait attached here. I'm talking negative bait, bait that you're not supposed to bite. So you really have to be a person that says, I'm going to follow Philippians 4, 8 very carefully and think on these things. And uh, you know, that that's a very thin line, things that are 
true and just and pure and lovely things that are of a good report. And you put that mix together and it, it'll keep you from drifting over into areas of bait and getting caught in the things that you're not supposed to get caught in. Glory to God. Hallelujah. And you'll, you'll be meditating on the word day and night, not meditating on the news of murder and tragedy and calamity and of shortage and recession and all that stuff. Have your mind on the word day and night, and you'll be going up in the glory. You'll be going up in the glory. Praise God. You'll be able to help people too. God not only, and not only help you, you'll be able to help people also. You'll just see things that you can, you can suggest. It'll help people if they're interested in knowing. Hallelujah. Not that you're trying to tell people what to do, but sometimes you could just see uh, things that can help people that if, that if they're open to it, sometimes you have to feel that out. You can share it. Sometimes there's also not a place for it. You just, other times you just need to pray for people. Hallelujah. Praise God. Glory to God. Praise the Lord. Father, we thank you for the blood of Jesus. We receive it now knowing that we're wanting to walk in close fellowship and relationship with you, that so much of your life is dependent upon well, it's completely dependent upon being tied into the vine because he's the vine and we're the branches. So we want to be plugged in. We want to be tied in, never being too busy with things that we don't, uh, that we don't uh, remember the source of the life itself. So Father, we thank you. We thank you. We thank you. We thank you for the blood of Jesus and a great walk with you first and foremost in Jesus name. Amen. Let's receive the blood of Jesus. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. There is a place in heaven. There is a room of glory. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Praise God. Sometimes it can take, uh, sometimes I know there's a designated room. Other times people gather around the throne. There's gatherings around the throne. Praise the Lord. When I've been in the spirit and I'm, I'm taken up, there's gathering sometimes at different places glory to God. But there's a room where God takes those who have broken through with prayer and sowing to be taught of the Lord to walk in the financial glory that he intends for them to receive. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Father, we thank you for this. We thank you for revelation flowing. We thank you, Father God. Hallelujah. Father, we just seal this with the blood of Jesus. We thank you for these revelations. We give you praise. Hallelujah. We give you praise. We thank you, Father God. We thank you for your word, that your word is anointed. And we thank you that your word, which is anointing, which is anointed, that it removes burdens and destroys yokes. We thank you, Father, there's, there's results we thank you that your word is result based. It produces. Thank you, Father God. We thank you. It produces life and victory. We thank you that we choose to walk in the light of your word. Hallelujah. Father, we thank you. We seal this in the name of Jesus. We give you praise. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Glory to God. I feel led to share this before we close. I've been trying to get the sensing of the spirit. First of all, we need to bring the tithes into the storehouse 
And those of you, when you give your, your tithe, when you pay your tithe, if you want to mail it in, you can mail it in. If you want to bring it in over the internet, you can do that as well. Let me also give you the opportunity to sow seed. I think after a message like this, there needs to be a sowing of a seed. And this is a time where we also have an opportunity to move the television ministry forward because right on the other side of these walls right here, just two walls over is our new studio for television. And we have completed the studio set. We have seating for about 40 people for live meetings. And we also have the lighting all complete. We have all the electrical, uh, electrical complete. The audio is all done. Everything's done. The cameras are done. All the equipment is there. So we're at the point right now where it is time to create the intro and the outro for the new show. At this point, the trademark name for the TV show is going through the final stages. The, uh, the U.S. trademark attorney has already reviewed the name, has already given the thumbs up, has done all the research, so has given approval on that. So we're at the final stages of just having it registered, okay? And that's going to pop out in just a couple of weeks. It's a four-month process. It's almost over, and it'll be popping out with the official registered name. Let's coincide the, the completion of that by having the intro and the outro for the show ready to go. That will save us time, okay? So the intro for a show, every show needs a good intro. It needs to be something that when a person is going through the channels or watching a network and our show comes up, it needs to be a good intro that just makes the person put the remote down and says, this is interesting. I think I'll watch this. That's what a good intro will do, just like a good cover on a book. So we need to create the intro. There's voiceover talent required for that as well as, well as video editing required. There's also the close. The close of the show is good, is important as well because it's like a sandwich. You have great content, but you need a good intro and a good close to put the theme of the whole thing together. That's what we need to do. We also have uh, what's called the lower one-thirds that need to be created. That's the graphic displays that you see at the bottom of your screen, such as scripture references. Sometimes if you're watching a news channel, you'll see that little thing that says breaking news going along at the bottom. The lower thirds graphic package also needs to be created. And that can also be done at the same time that the intro and the outro are created. That whole package to create that is $4,000. Why don't we knock that out? Why don't you sow a seed to help us move the television ministry forward? We're going to have our own show. Let's create the open for it, the close. We got the cameras, lights, everything. But we need an open. We need a close. We need the graphics package. Let's knock it out. It's $4,000. Praise God. We can do that. It's very doable. Just sow a seed, and we'll put it towards that. If you want to give towards that special seed, write this on your offering. Lord, teach me to profit. Put that down, okay? If you're going to mail in a check or if you're going to go online, put that in the notation box. Isaiah 48, 17, Lord, teach me to profit. Okay, so sow your way into that verse, into that reality of being taught by the Lord. Sow your way into it. And I know you're already praying, so you're praying your way into it. So work it from both sides. Praise the Lord. 
Hallelujah. And that gives us the ability to move into full production by having a, a, an incredible intro and outro that's done. That's, that's created by a spirit filled believer who is a veteran in this industry of designing these things for, for programs that are prime productions. Yes, it'll be, it'll be first class. Praise God. So $4,000. And if we go over that, and I believe we can go over that, then we can also move into a point that this is what we'll do with the monies that go over the 4,000. We'll, we'll apply it to the production of each new show to produce one show. Now, remember, we've got the studio, we've got the cameras, we got the camera team, we got everything, uh, audio, everything. But post-production has always been the most expensive part of television, that in airtime. But we have an open door for airtime, okay? So we still have to post-produce each show. That means after the show is recorded on multi-cameras, then it goes to a video editor. The intro is attached to it. The close is attached to it. All the lower thirds are plugged in. You have audio scrubbing. You have color grading. You have a lot of detail work. You have final rendering. That is a very precise, detail-oriented job. And to produce one show complete where it's actually done and ready to go off to the network is actually $1,000 per show. Okay? So if you, if you say, Pastor Stephen, I want to cover one show. I want to be responsible for one show. And the lives that are touched out of that show, knowing that these shows will touch nations. Pastor Stephen, I want in on that. I want to sow seed. I want to pray my way into this financial glory. I want to make an impact with the gospel. I want people saved. I really do want to pe- see people's lives changed with the gospel that the person of the Lord Jesus Christ be revealed to those that don't know him. And that when I get to heaven one day, I'll see people there because I had a part to play in it. Glory to God. Hallelujah. We're living for eternity. Hallelujah. We're thinking kingdom here. Okay. So you want a part? You want a part? How big of a part? It's up to you. Sow a seed. Put Isaiah 48, 17 on it. Write on it, Lord, teach me to profit. Remember, you don't need anybody to teach you how to be poor, but you need God to teach you how to be profit in a very competitive world. Mm. God has wisdom that's above all of them. He can teach you, and you'll rise to the top with his wisdom. Praise God. Sow a seed. Sow a seed. Do the best you can. Heavenly Father, I thank you for everybody that's sowing into this, as well as those that are bringing in their tithes. Bless them. Bless them, O God, with wisdom from on high, assimilating into their spirit. Let words of wisdom come to them. Hallelujah. Lord, as they sit in their place with you in those dark hours, waiting on you in prayer, spending time with you in prayer, speak secrets, your secrets unto them, and show them what to do. Reward them with a word from on high, with revelation and insight from on high. We thank you. We thank you that you're the one who teaches your people out of prophet. We give you praise. We give you praise. Father, let your gospel go forth. We thank you for this program that we're right on the edge of being able to go into production with. 
we thank you, O oh God. We ask that you would bless it, that you would anoint it, that you would launch it to touch many, 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 many lives. We thank you that together we're, Father, me and your people, ministry partners and online church members, that we're that we are partners together in this, sharing in the rewards together in this. We thank you, Father, this is not a one-man show by any means, but that we all have a part, and we all have a reward. We thank you, Father God. We thank you, Father God, for every seed sown. In Jesus' name, bless your people. Thank you, Father. If you're wanting to mail in your tithes and offerings, please send them to Stephen Brooks International, P.O. Box 3456, Mooresville, North Carolina. Our zip code here is 28117. And Mooresville is spelt M-O-O-R-E-S-V-I-L-L-E. Praise God. If you want to bring in your tithes and offerings online, you can do so right now at the ministry website, stephenbrooks.org. There's a link on the homepage called Tithes and Offerings, Sow and Reap. You can click on that and go there now and bring in your tithe and your special seed to the storehouse of God. I believe God's real. I believe that Jesus is not just a fictional character. He's real and he's alive and he's the second person of the Godhead deity. That he is the Son of God, the Savior of the world, and we proclaim him and we embrace his word and believe that his word has the solution to every need for suffering humanity. Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. Go and let the Lord teach you how to profit. Thanks for watching. I'll see you back next time. Bye-bye. For more information about the ministry of Apostle Stephen Brooks, visit our website at stephenbrooks.org.